All right, so we're talking, we're in week two of a series called Grace. Um, Grace, what it does, it does so many things. And so unpacking that one word is very difficult. A lot of people think that grace gives them license or the green light to sin as much as they want to. Um, and because they have the grace of God, it's fine, it's okay. And, and that is, is not the definition of what grace is. What grace is by definition, all right, grace empowers, it doesn't excuse. All right, now what, let me see if I can illustrate this. When I was in high school, I had um, a beat up truck. My first car, it had a rag for a gas cap, all right, it had an eight track. And I didn't even have, uh, oh, whoa, we got some eight track people here. I didn't even have any eight tracks to put in my eight track. Um, some of you don't even know what an eight track is. And that's, I didn't either. So I had a Magnavox stereo full of batteries seat belted into my car with the antenna sticking up. And that's how I jammed. The horn that went across had to be going up and down in order to drive straight. Every rim was different, every tire was different. But I did not care because four wheels are better than two heels. Are you with me? And so I drive and I literally spray painted my truck white. I had house carpet inside of my truck. Um, for whatever reason to this day, I don't know, but if I tried to turn on the lights or turn on the windshield wipers, the car, the truck would sputter. I don't know. I don't know, but it had trouble. It had a lot of trouble. If I had an angel on the truck to keep it moving, he was a little tiny one cause it didn't move very much. <laughs> It stuttered and chopped and blah, 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 blah. But um, I remember driving that truck in high school and uh, I was not living for the Lord at all. I was doing a lot of things that I shouldn't have been doing, but I was a preacher's kid, which kind of makes sense. It's usually the preacher's kid that's the worst kid, right? But um, I knew in my heart that, um, that I, I needed to stop. And so I would yell at myself in the truck. I would put my finger just like this, and I was like, you got to stop. you got to stop. You're never going to do that again. You're never, has anyone ever done that? You're never going to do that again. You're never, ever, 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 ever going to do that again. You're never going to do that again. You're never going to do that. I would yell at myself. And as, mu as hard as I tried, as hard as I tried, I, it, I'd just go do whatever I was doing once again. And that frustration would just wear me out. Now, if you come from a grace background, a hyper grace background, you just say, hey, Frankie, stop stressing. There's grace. You don't need to just like enjoy that God died on the cross. He loves you. That is not correct theology. That usually comes from a person that hasn't read the book of Romans chapter 6, especially verse 1. But what it does is it gives the power where God sees that I long to be holy. I just can't stop on my own. And so he gives you a strength that empowers you to stop. And then 
you begin to appreciate him and love him so much. So grace empowers, it doesn't excuse. But it's not the definition that I want you to catch. It's not the, the that's, I don't want to talk to your head this morning. What I want to do is I want to do my best to impart the passion of God into you, the heart that he has for you. And then when you begin to feel his love and you begin to feel his presence, then the, the gift of grace just becomes so much more real. But if it's in your head all the time, you'll argue back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Like if you try to argue with me, that love is real. Isn't that hard to do? Like if I look at you and I say, you don't, humans do not love. They cannot love. It is impossible for humans to love. They uh, are linked because one begets a next and they procreate, but they do not love. They just, they're just linked and you take the other position that you can love, at a certain point, you're going to get really frustrated because how do you fight for something that you really can't all the way explain? Are you with me? Say yes. So this is what I believe is going to happen. Are you guys ready? I do not believe that church is supposed to be a place where you sit here and you hear about God, but you never experience him. I don't believe that. The Bible says in Psalms 26, verse 8, that I love to come to his sanctuary because this is where the spirit of the Lord dwells. So if you are walking into a place where the spirit of God is, it's my belief that you should experience that spirit. And so while I'm speaking today, I want you to hear me. While I'm speaking today, I believe that you are going to experience the tangible, like the way you feel the shirt on your back, the tangible presence of God. Some of you haven't been in church in so long. Maybe this is the first time you've ever been in church. I'm glad today is your day. Because while you're sitting here, what I believe is while I'm talking, you will experience what Job experienced in chapter 4, verse 15, where he says, I felt the Spirit of God glide across my face and the hair on my body stood up on end. That, my friends, is one of the manifestations that we will experience here this morning while I'm talking, some of you may feel yourself get emotional. You'll feel like choked up, emotional, because the Spirit of the Lord is touching your heart. Now, let me get to preaching, because right now you're paying attention to manifestations, and I don't want you thinking about that. I want you thinking about the message that I have for you in the Word of God, and just let His presence surprise you. Are you with me? Say yes. Are you with me? Say yes. All right, so here we go. Um, there's a, in Luke chapter 7, don't look it up. All my notes are inside of your, your phone. Um, but um, don't read along with me. But in Luke chapter 7, a very interesting scene happens. A Roman soldier, uh, maybe you've seen movies or pictures of, of what Roman soldiers look like, but they got a breastplate and a cute little skirt. Um, and, and they got a helmet. And in this helmet, it's like they got a red mohawk. 
mohawk. Raise your hand at me if you know what I'm talking about, right? They got a, a red mohawk. And if you've ever seen pictures of, of Jesus being crucified, a lot of times you'll see the Roman soldiers standing around um, uh, Jesus. Um, it, it wasn't the Roman soldiers that screamed crucify him, um, but it was the Roman soldiers that actually fleshed out the crucifixion. It was them that hammered the nails in the arms. It was them that took the spear and rammed it into his his side. Um, it's these guys. These guys were, um, they were like, uh, have you ever seen the movie 300? Raise your hand. These guys outside of the skirt that they wore, they were men. They were, they were men. And and they were what they were. They they patrolled Jerusalem. They patrolled that area. They they were not religious men, which was very strange because all of a sudden, this particular Roman soldier who was a centurion, which meant that he oversaw four hundred and eighty other soldiers. He's what we would call a general in our present day army. And he comes walking into this synagogue area and, and the Jewish elders see him stand up, acknowledge him. They're nervous, but they're not afraid. They're nervous because they are not on the same team. But they're not afraid because they recognize him and they recognize him as being one of the kind men that helped them. This particular Roman soldier helped them build the synagogue that they're standing in right now. He's a friend. They're on a different team, but he's a friend. And so what is he doing here and he comes walking in and he says, I need a favor. The Jewish elders look at him. They're willing to do anything that he wants because this man has helped them so much. They said, what do you need? And he says, you are aware that my son is sick. It, we're all aware when we have a friend and that friend is sick or they have someone in the family who is sick. You're aware of it. And he says, you are aware. And they say, yes. And he says, I need a favor. I want you to go ask Jesus to come to my house. I've heard that he can heal. Now there's a huge problem here because the Jewish elders are at odds with Jesus. Jesus is walking around with thousands of people following him around every day. And, and they, the Jewish elders, are trying to get people to come into their church, into their synagogue. But they're following thousands of them. They're lucky to get 60. So Jesus and them, they're at odds. The Jewish elders are preaching that there's going to be a Messiah that's going to come one day. And Jesus is saying, I am the Messiah. They are at odds. And what's troublesome is now the Roman soldier is saying, I want you to go get Jesus. I know you're religious, but you just talk about things. He makes things happen. Don't you hate? Don't you hate being in a church environment where all you do is talk about God, but nobody ever experiences God? Don't you hate talking about miracles, but nobody ever has a miracle? 
Don't you hate talking about how Jesus heals, but nobody ever gets healed? Don't you, isn't there a side of you that hates it where people talk about being Christians, but you don't actually see them be a Christian? Are you with me? Say yes. Come on, talk to me. If you're with me, say yes. See, this has been the cry of my heart for so many years, which is why I'm so thankful to God. I'm so thankful that last November, everything changed for our church. Every single Sunday, almost in every single service, somebody gets healed. Several people get healed. What's precious, what's beautiful is that God keeps reminding us that we are not the healer. Because if I was the healer, every single person we pray for, we get healed. But God knows that if every person I prayed for got healed, my ego might get out of control. And I'm embarrassed to admit that. I'm humiliated to admit that. And so he keeps us all guessing. We don't know who he's going to heal, when he's going to heal them. Sometimes we pray for someone 27 times, and on the 28th time they get healed. Sometimes we've been praying for people for years, and they still haven't been healed. But what's wonderful is every single Sunday, people get healed. Every single Sunday. And what we're watching is that the spiritual momentum as we give him glory, as we give him praise, we start expecting more and more every Sunday. And that's why I'm standing up here and say, while I'm talking, you're going to feel him graze across you. While I'm talking. Because there's people. There's people. And and some of you, it'll be so quick, but you'll recognize it'll be so quick. And so there's... Jewish man said, I know you're religious, but I need a miracle. Will you go talk to him? So the Jewish elders have to walk up to Jesus now. There's thousands around Jesus, and they start squeezing their way through the crowd from the outside in. Now, what's interesting is is that they recognize these people. The people from Galilee that was surrounding Jesus... They were poor people. The rich people lived in Jerusalem. All the crowd that followed Jesus, they're from the Galilean area. They're farmers. They're paupers. They're, um, they, they're poor. They don't have a lot. That's why four or 5,000 people were following them, and none of them had a lunch. <laughs> Not one, but what, one kid brought a lunch? They, don't, they were poor. The people who followed Jesus are poor. Um, It's interesting because poor people don't have another option. Rich people have options. Jesus has a hard time reaching rich people. Poor people, if God doesn't move, we're up the creek. It's a blessing to be poor. Now, nobody volunteers to be poor. Nobody wants to be poor. I don't care how big the blessing is. I need some money. But are you with me? Say yes. So these, (laughs) let someone else be blessed. I need a job. (laughs) So these people start coming into the circle and Jesus looks at them and you got these religious people that have been talking bad about Jesus and Jesus looks at them and then he looks at them and they said, Jesus, we need a favor. Now, these people have been talking bad about Jesus, and now they're asking for a favor. 
You will live seasons of your life where Monday through Saturday at midnight, you are acting like a fool. And then Sunday morning crosses your mind, and you're like, I'm not going to show up on Sunday morning because I've been acting a fool, and I'm not going to show up and be fake and pretend like I'm good when I know I'm not. This was the situation that they were in. They walk up, they look at Jesus in the face, and they say, I need a favor. And Jesus goes, what do you need? What do you need? So we need you to come to my friend's house. His son is sick. Jesus stands up and says, let's go. I hope you remember that for the rest of your life. When you feel like you have been acting a fool and you don't want to talk to the Lord or be in his presence because you're embarrassed, Jesus does not care about where you've been. He cares about where you are. And when you're in his presence, the only thing he's thinking about is the direction that you're going, not the direction that you came from. And so he says, let's go. He stands up, his 12 disciples stand up, and all 2,000 people start following him. See, we got to keep in mind that these multitudes of people did not follow him only on Sunday mornings. They were following him all the time. And in this particular setting, he had just finished preaching the Sermon on the Mount. So they're everywhere. He stands up and he starts to walk to this Roman soldier's house. As he's walking, horses start coming in their direction. They have a message from the Roman soldier. The Roman soldier has changed his mind. He has a sick son. He knows that Jesus can heal. He has Jesus coming to his house to heal, and now he's changed his mind. And you can't help but to say, what in the world happened from the point that you said, go get Jesus, to the point that you're saying, I've changed my mind, don't come. What happened between those two points? What happened? This is what I believe happened. He began to realize who Jesus was. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can do this. We ourselves cannot even grasp who Jesus is. We can't get into our head how God has always lived. He's lived forever and ever and ever, and he's going to live forever and ever and ever. We can't understand that. We can't understand how we are going to go to heaven and be there forever and ever 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 and then after that forever and ever and ever and ever. We can't get that. Are you with me? Say yes. And so the only way that we can get anything, we can't even understand how he loves us. It doesn't get through our head. That's why Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 18, he goes, I pray that you would have the power to understand how wide and how long and how deep and how high his love is. Because without that power, we can't get it. We're like, I, I hope he loves me. I really hope he loves me. I have faith that he loves me, but we can't get it without the Holy Spirit revealing it. So the Holy Spirit showed up into this Roman soldier's home and began to reveal to him 
what he had already revealed to Isaiah in chapter six, verse three, what he revealed to Job thousands of years earlier in Job chapter 12, verse 10, what he's presently revealing to John in chapter one of John. This is what was being revealed. He's sitting in his living room and all of a sudden, he realizes that the glory of the Lord fills the earth. He begins to realize that the life of every living thing is in his palm and he gives breath to every human. He begins to realize that in the beginning was the word, which was Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And that he was with him, God the Father, from the beginning. That every living thing was created through Jesus. And everything that was made was made by him. And what was not created could not have been created without him. He began to realize at that moment sitting there that the man that's coming to his house, that within him was life. And that life was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. He began to realize that this man was coming to his house. And he sent his friends, go talk to him. Go tell him, I am not worthy for you to come to my home. And I'm sending messengers because I'm not worthy to even be in your presence. He says, but my son is sick. Tell him my son is sick. But he's so powerful that if he just says the word. If he just says the word, I know my son will be healed. If he just says the word because he has authority, and I too am a man of authority. If I tell my people to go and do this, and they will go and do that. And if I tell them to go and do this, they will go and do that. And I know that if you just say the word, you're a man of authority, it will be done. And Jesus backs up and goes... He turns around and he looks. And he's completely shocked. Because Jesus is coming to talk to the Jews. The Jews are his people. And this Roman soldier is not even a Jew, he's a Gentile. One that bears the same colors as the one that's going to kill him. But he's got such humility that it surprises him. He shocks him and he turns around and he says to the messengers, go on back and see him. As he believed, so it shall be. And that very hour, that boy got up and went to the backyard and started kicking that ball. 
that very moment. You see, my friends, this is the grace of God. This is when God looks at you and he looks at me and he says, I don't even care where you're from. I don't care what you've done. I love you. I love you. I love you. Here's a wonderful scripture that I want you to read with me on the screen, if you would. And the tech team, which the, I'm going for Isaiah 65, 24. I will answer them before they even call to me. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. This is the relationship. Let me ask you a question. How many of you in this room that while I was talking the Holy Spirit grazed you and you felt his presence, even if it was a split second. Raise it up and just don't put it down. Don't lie, but raise it up and don't put it down as high as you can. Straighten out your elbow. I say high as you can and it's like this. Is that as high as you can? We're about to pray for healing if that's the case. All right, put your hand down because I believe that there's more people here that want to feel it. Amen. So I'm going to pray for him to touch you. Lord, I know you're here. They know you're here. Yes. Holy Spirit, begin to move through and just... Just touch, just touch us. There's nothing sweeter than your touch. Holy Spirit, begin to run through each aisle and run through each chair and just touch them ever so softly. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you're doing that right now. Some of you may not feel that glaze, that glide that I just spoke about, but you'll feel something emotional like you want to cry. It's him touching your heart in the name of Jesus. Now let me ask. If you just raise your hand, don't raise it again. And nobody lie. But if while I was praying you felt this presence, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can. As high as you can. Let me just tell you, if you're in this room and you haven't raised your hand... It doesn't mean that he loves the person that raised their hand more than he raised yours, than he loves you. And let me say this for every skeptic in the room. It's normal to be skeptical. It doesn't mean that you don't love them. And it doesn't mean that you don't have faith. It just means you weren't raised in this. And this is very new. The only thing I'm going to ask you to do is to say to yourself, I don't know if it's real, but I hope it is. Yes. That's all I need. And if you don't want to give me that, the only thing I ask is just keep coming. 
Because I believe that the Lord wants to have a personal relationship and you feel and you see his presence. You feel and you see his presence. It's not something that when we get to heaven, you feel it, you see it. Would you stand to your feet for me, please? We had a training for our prayer partners two weeks ago. The training is on video now. But if you weren't at training and you haven't watched the video and you haven't read the book, don't come down if you're a prayer partner. I need you to watch that video. The rest of the prayer partners that went through training, I want you to come down as quickly as you can. You know what my heart is for our church? I don't mention this often, but my wife and I had the opportunity to be on on a staff with possibly the largest church in the country for three years, and it was phenomenal. But you know what happened when you're part of that church that size is you kind of get over big crowds. It's kind of like when you, if you have a pool in your backyard, it's not that big of a deal anymore, Right? If you live near the beach at one point in your life, it's not that big of a deal. Big crowds now is not the goal. Now, if big crowds come, that's great. We have three services. I hope we have six one day. That's fantastic. The goal is now, if you're going to come to church, if you're going to stand in his presence, I want you to experience it. That's the goal. There's a couple people that I want to pray for. And every once in a while, I feel like I have this word of knowledge where God tells me who the person that he wants to heal. And it's always scary because if I think I'm hearing from God, but I'm not, it's just me talking to myself, then I'm obviously going to look kind of stupid. But if I am hearing from God, then it would be as if God just called your name. And he's going to heal you today. And so I want to be as specific as possible because a crowd this high size, if I don't get specific, then a thinking person would say, a crowd this big, somebody's going to have that. For example, one time in my life I said, I feel like there's somebody here that has pain in their lower back. I'll never do that again. Like 700 people came down. It's like, oh my goodness, I'm going to pray for 700 people. If you have a pain in your lower back, I just want you to know the Lord can heal you, but I don't want to pray for you. (laughs) So I've learned I would rather look stupid and get as specific as possible. And if God didn't speak to me, then it was just me. That's fine. I'm sorry. I thought he spoke to me. It was me talking to me. I'm sorry. But if he is speaking to me, that means that he's calling your name. And the more specific I get, the more sure you can be that he's calling your name. So there's three thoughts that just came to my mind, and I'm going to share each one of them. First one is on your right foot, your big toe. 
there's somebody here, and I don't even know, I wish, I can't get specific about it because I'm going to forget the other two. I have ADD. Don't pray for me. I like having ADD. It's so much more fun. You poor people can only think about one thing at a time. I think about everything all the time. We're on the same page, obviously. That little girl, she knows what it's like. We'll be praying for y'all. How about that? Um, Second person is um, uh, it's not me being holy. I just forgot. Hold on. Okay, second person. There's a pain right in here, and your it's maybe it's your kidney, I don't know, but it's right here in your pain, and then someone's right jaw, right here. I wish I could get more specific. Is there anyone that fits in any of those three? I want you to come down. I want to pray for you. Any of those three, come down. I want to pray for you right here. What is it? Okay. And I don't know biology enough to be able to, I'm going to start learning biology. I hate biology, but I'm going to start learning it so I can get even more specific. What about you? You're, you're right. TMJ? I can't wait to pray for you. You're right, y'all. I can't wait to, now next Sunday, watch this. For those, this is for those of you who are skeptical. I want you to come back next Sunday and find out if anyone got healed. All right. This is this is for you. This is for you. All right. Come back next Sunday, and if somebody got healed, you have something you want to say? You got me twice. <laughs> you paid me. Tonight is your day. Why? What to? I had a swollen gland since yesterday. Yeah. Besides the golf ball and my toe. You're the right toe person. I was scared of that one. I had three, and that was the one that I was, sometimes the one that you doubt the most, and you don't want to say it because you don't want to look stupid, that was it right there. All right, you're going to have a special day today. If you're skeptical, just come back next Sunday and find out. And if nobody got healed, then it can give you more reason to be skeptical. And if people did get healed, then allow that to build your faith. Now, that doesn't mean that some of you still may be skeptical, but now you have faith as well. Now, your skepticism still may be high and your faith still may, but at least give yourself an opportunity for it to go up a little bit. Are you with me? Say yes. Uh, It's gone. That uh, that happens so much. Tell her, come here. I love it. Come here. I need a microphone. Can you help me? I need a microphone. Come here. I'm telling you, God does this so much. Or before we even pray for somebody, I need a microphone. Can someone help me? There we go. There we go. Thank you, Crystal. You guys sang my favorite song today. Thank you. What just happened? Uh, it won't bite. I was just walking up and 
What, why, why did you come down in the first place? Because it feels like a wisdom tooth is coming in and it was swollen and I was praying about it this morning and uh, it was just agitating and irritating. So when he said the bottom right jaw, um, I walked up, but as you guys started talking, it just stopped. There was no sensation or feeling, it just stopped. What, what she just said, there was no sensation, no feeling. It just stopped. It just stopped. The reason why that's important to me is sometimes people will feel a warmth. Sometimes they'll feel a chill. And then there's other people that's just like, where'd it go? I love it. Give the Lord a round of applause. God will heal you just standing there. Especially for those of you with the lower back who I'm not going to pray for. It's a big deal to you. There might be 700 other people that have it, but you don't care that there's 700 other people. You want your pain to go away. If I'm you, I'm just like, hey, I don't need anyone to pray for me. The presence of God is here. The presence of God is here. Absolutely. So I'm going to pray for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And uh, for those of you that are skeptical, you don't have to come back next Sunday. You just got your testimony just now. That doesn't mean you can skip church. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And we only usually do one testimony a Sunday. So um, we're not going to do all of them. But I can tell you we're going to have a lot of healings this morning. If you need prayer for anything else. Anything else. And prayer partners, here's the deal. I need you to watch those videos because I need you back up here. Look, we got, we got seven prayer partners with all these people. So I need you to watch those videos and get down here. And if you are a prayer partner, I need you to nominate somebody that you know has a walk with God to be a prayer partner because we need our prayer partner team to triple. In the meantime, if you would, whoever you pray for, pray for them in like 30 seconds because I need you guys to pray for about 10 people each this morning. The big thing is, is the Bible says in Psalms 56, 9, every time you pray, the tide of the battle turns. Every time you pray. So if you need prayer this morning, even if you have to stand in line down an aisle, come down. You didn't come here to hear a bald person speak. You came here because you need the presence of God. And if you need to wait a few seconds, then wait. It's worth the wait. Are you with me? Say yes. yes. There's no official dismissal today. The band is going to come up and they're going to sing and they're going to play. And I'd just like for you to just worship one song through before you leave. And I'd just like to make note, when I was growing up, it was a lot of hype. Lots of hype. Boom, 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 dun, 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 dun. And there seemed to be more hype than there was Holy Spirit. And I just want you guys to recognize, I'm not interested in trying to trick you or hype you up. Either God moves or he doesn't. If he doesn't move, we're still going to serve him. Am I right? We're still going to serve him. But we want to give them an opportunity to move. And what we're learning is the more opportunity we give them, the more he moves. Would you just raise your hands right where you are? Raising your hands is an outward expression of how you feel on the inside. You're saying, Lord, I surrender to you. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. You guys can start coming out of your seat for prayer right now. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and deliver you. 
May the grace and peace of God be with you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name, amen.